I had sort of a rule which I call sponge and stone, which is anybody can be exceptional if they if they follow these two things. Sponge is um, sponging every bit of information you can from everybody else. Okay, and so like every industry I end up in, I start I like talk to everybody, I listen, I read every book I can get, and pretty quickly you're the expert. Like it happens so fast where they're like, oh, you know more than anybody. That's a crazy thing. So like I always tell everyone, just sponge like. Soak it all in because quickly you're going to know more than most. And then stone is you just you just work harder than anybody. I mean, it's like and hard doesn't mean you just work more. But like I'm going to like solve this problem and I'm going to run circles around those who will give up um, those two things together. You can build anything. And so um, every business has always found its way towards that. Uh, like we're going to get there because like we all sponge and stone. The whole team does until we get to the right spot. I'm Andrarki, Head of Communications for Steemit, and in today's episode of the Steemit Podcast, I interview the CEO of Flipside Crypto, Dave Balter. This is another installment in our Decentralized Entrepreneurship and Marketing series, in which we help prepare you for a future that is being disrupted at an exponential rate by decentralized technologies like the internet and blockchain. Dave is a serial entrepreneur who started seven companies, including Flipside, the crypto rating company which issues the now famous Fundamental Crypto Asset Score, or FCAS, which is used by sites like CoinMarketCap.com. In this interview, we discuss the lessons he's learned starting multiple successful companies like the Sponge and Stone system, and how he's managed to succeed in a highly technical industry as a sales and marketing person. If you enjoy the episode, you can subscribe to the Steemit Podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app, and don't forget to check out Steemit.com and FlipsideCrypto.com. Hey everyone, I'm here with Dave Balter, the CEO of Flipside. So why don't you start by telling us about Flipside and what you all are trying to do at that company? So Flipside's um, uh, sort of thesis and mentality is that uh, crypto organizations um, are businesses and they're trying to grow those businesses into... <laughs> you don't agree. It's crazy. Talk. You don't no, agree. no, no, I you don't do. Agree I, other do. I do. We, I feel we, like... The industry doesn't. Well, that's yeah. A lot of people don't right, agree, right. but no, I, I absolutely. Many agree. are moving that yeah. way, and they will. They'll have to. No, nothing succeeds without revenue or clients. Like, show me anywhere in the world that that happens. But anyway, we'll come back to that. Um, so, what we do is we actually rate crypto organizations based on fundamental business health. Um, to us, that is customers, actual users, and that is product uh, developers. Uh, where there's a subcomponent of a bit of speculation that goes into that. That creates a rating called FCAS that's distributed out to the market. And then we provide analytics tools to the projects to understand their FCAS and help grow their businesses. That's what we do. And you're the score that they use on CoinMarketCap, right? That's correct. So CoinMarketCap, uh, we're the fundamental rating they use on CoinMarketCap. They obviously have all their price ratings or price speculation market cap, but we're the, we are the fundamental rating that's on there. So who's your primary customer? Well, that's a good question. So the business started actually as a fund. So the way we, way we kicked off, um, we wanted to trade crypto. Um, I built a couple companies with a couple people and my technical co-founder and I wanted to trade and we remembered we knew a, a, a ex-coworker, a data scientist who had built a swing trading algorithm for hedge funds, equities, all that stuff. So we called him, hey, we want to borrow that thing. Can we trade? He, that really meant him rebuilding it from scratch, but he did it for us. We started trading um, and, um, you know, we realized pretty quickly, like, like, this is interesting. We can actually trade ourselves. People started showing up, giving us money. We raised about 10 million of 
of investor capital and then we began trading on it. We realized very quickly that we were not interested in being a fund as a long-term business, that the data we had was actually much more important to like grow the industry than run a fund. And so the fund, the fund still exists, but we began using the tools to help people understand the health of their business. So we now have this sort of split mentality. We have our thesis, which is to help these organizations grow. Um, but we have a lot of investors who use our tools in order to understand uh, what a crypto project is really all about. Um, so we're, we're a little torn on that. We still give our tools to the investors that they're free for many investors. Um, but you know, and that internally, some people are like, but should we help the investors? I'm like, I just let the investors do what they do. We're here to help the, the project succeed. So it sounds like, A, you've been in blockchain and crypto for a long time, mm -hmm. but I'm assuming you also have a pretty deep business background generally. So maybe now you could tell us a little about your background. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is company seven for me. So, so I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm an old, well-heeled uh, exec, I suppose. Um, most well-known for probably two companies. One was a company called Buzz Agent, which we ran from 2001 to 2010. Um, social marketing business, um, sold it to Tesco in 2010. Uh, spent four years on um, the exec team of about a billion dollar revenue division called Dunhumby. Uh, retail analytics. This will play out to where we are as a, uh, why we do what we do at Flipside. Um, after that, I uh, started a company called Smarter, which was a machine learning skills assessments business that um, in 10 questions, we could um, identify your skill capability in anything. It was a fascinating tech. Um, we sold that in 2014 to a company called Pluralsight. Um, the key there is my two co-founders in this business worked with us at, at Smarter. So, um, you know, mom, I, I'm a um, sort of team builder, vision led type of exec, um, more sales and marketing than probably anything else. I'm definitely not a technologist. I'm not a, now that I've seen data science up close, by the way, our team does it like that's not me. Mm -hmm. um, Same here. Yeah. <laughs> I occasionally get it, given the business room, people are like, so tell me about, you know, the the factors between it. And, and I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, you should call Eric, you know, yeah, I can, yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of experience in sort of getting companies off the ground. Um, you know, most of my companies end up venture backed and we grow them up and, and build them into something that can hopefully do good in the world. Well, so as I mentioned earlier, yeah. the name of this series is Decentralized Entrepreneurship and Marketing. So the fact that you're not the technical person is great. <laughs> so uh, maybe you could share the most important lesson you've learned as a as that uh, part of the company. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm still learning it. Well, that's the first thing I'm still learning. I mean, after even all these, like every business is different. Every market is different. Um, teams and the way they work evolve. If I, you know, my first companies tried to have like a anyone virtual or, you know, like let's use Slack. I mean, it wasn't Slack then, but like it wouldn't have worked. And now if you try to force people to be too centralized in a way, it almost, it doesn't work because people's lives no longer work that way. So like everything keeps changing and you got, you got to learn to work within it. Um, probably, you know, some of my biggest lessons, um, during buzz agents, heyday, uh, we were like, we were cover story of the New York times magazine. We were like a very big business and I got extremely heady about who I was. Uh, I, you know, people told us, I was like, you're a genius. I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe I'm a genius, I don't, which I'm not. But, but, um, 
you know, I would say it took a, a we, we got hurt for a bit in the era of buzz agent and it took a lot of a time to think about what's hubris and, you know, to be the best exact, like it's, it's, it's getting the best out of everybody around you as opposed to like, you, you, you really are telling everybody what to do. That took, that took me years to figure out. Um, the other, which I think is, re is really powerful for everybody, um, is I realized quickly that I was not the smartest person in the room. Um, and everybody holds all these like super oh, Mark Zuckerberg and Warren Buffett, like, oh yes, you know, they're the best. And so I realized quickly, like, I don't have one of these specialized, um, you know, super premium uh, capabilities, but I had a, I had sort of a rule, which I call sponge and stone, which is anybody can be exceptional if they, if they follow these two things, sponges, um, sponging every bit of information you can from everybody else. Okay. And so like every industry I end up in, I start, I like talk to everybody. I listen, I read every book I can get. And pretty quickly you're the expert. Like it happens so fast where they're like, Oh, you know more than anybody. That's a crazy thing. So like, I always tell everyone just sponge, like soak it all in because quickly you're going to know more than most. And then stone is you just, you just work harder than anybody. I mean, it's like, and hard doesn't mean you just work more, but like, I'm going to like solve this problem and I'm going to run circles around those who will give up. Um, those two things together, you can build anything. And so um, every business has always found its way towards that. Uh, like we're going to get there because like we all sponge and stone, the whole team does until we get to the right spot. I like that, the sponge and stone. Yeah. The things you brought up, they, they triggered a number of res responses from me. One is that with, with the stone, well, actually the sponge and the stone, uh, I think one of the advantages that non-technical members of the team have is that you don't have to get bogged down in the bottomless well of technical details. Where, and I think a lot of people get trapped into, into thinking, if I go deep enough down the rabbit hole of the technical stuff, then I'll be good at this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the lessons I've learned is no, leave that to the engineers. Mm -hmm. If you leave that to the engineers, you can become an expert at the stuff you're interested in. That's right. And then I can be the stone. Then I can work my butt off because I'm thinking about the stuff I like. I don't like code. I hate code. Right. Right. Does that, <laughs> yeah. does that make sense? Yes. And I, in this industry, especially, this is a very technical industry, right? This is one where it's built off of a transformation and technical, yeah. right? So like it's sometimes it's hard to be in this industry where like, those are, that's what's leading it, but totally right. Like if you, if you take yourself out of that's not going to be for me, this is what is. And yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good lesson. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize how much of this industry is written in C plus <laughs> plus and how ridiculous of a language that is. That's a secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that is the close, as close to the metal as you can get. And the people who are capable of speaking that language are not normal people. You, you cannot be that person. Yeah. The other thing that, that came to mind was, you know, you mentioned Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos. And the interesting thing about those examples is that I just listened to an interview with Warren Buffett where he talked about that the single worst thing that organizations do is that they dictate from the top yeah. as opposed to empowering the people beneath them to act autonomously and to do what they're good at. Yeah. So he's even saying basically the same thing. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos famously says that he leads from the bottom, that yeah. they use an inverted triangle with him at the bottom and everybody yeah. above him matters more. Yes. So I think that validates totally true. Yeah. what you were saying. Yeah. 
So are there any surprising lessons from your, your business background, your blockchain back, back, background? <laughs> um, you know, did it, has anything happened where you're just like, totally didn't see that coming, caught me totally off guard? Well, every day is a, in this <laughs> space is like an off guard. Um, I think that I think for this industry, um, more than most, it's following a path that is, it's almost because I think, I mean, I'm, we're in it, so it's hard to not see this, but like, it's so big that the, that the time to get to the result is going to take time. And the surprise here is like, when you get in and you get close to it, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much that's happening. Of course, it's just going to like happen. But the world always works in ways where you got to bring people along and, and things are never a straight line. And, you know, um, the whole th regulation, the way teams work, the way these projects are growing, ICO era to the, you know, the, it's like all of it is going to take a long time. So what I didn't see coming was sort of the like, like it's all here. Like oh, we can all see the pieces. They're all like right around us and everyone's sort of putting them together. But this isn't going to be like, oh, by the end of 2019, like suddenly this will be like embedded in everything we do. It's not. It's, it's going to be a much sort of more organic, slower build. Um, I haven't talked about like, no one, everyone, what's the moment it's going to work? And I'm like, there will be no moment. It's not, yeah, right. There will be no moment. It's going to be, suddenly people are going to wake up and be like, oh, that thing, oh, wait a second. That thing's powered by blockchain. Oh, and that, huh, and the, okay. And that'll be what it, that's when it starts, right? Um, no, there's not going to be like crack of, you know, lightning or anything, but anyway. Yeah, no, we deal with that a lot too. I, I, I've seen that myself. That was definitely one of the more surprising things. I read the Bitcoin paper pretty much when it, white paper pretty much when it came out. And I thought, I wasn't surprised it took a long time mm. for people to get into the idea of, of Bitcoin and its capabilities and the capabilities of a decentralized ledger. But even I kind of thought that, well, once they did, mm. it would explode. Yeah. And so, but being involved so long, I guess, enabled me to kind of temper my expectations. And then certainly going in-house at Steemit, oh my God. I mean, the number of times I've heard people ask, when is Steemit going to replace Facebook? Like they imagine it's going to flip overnight. Yeah. And seeing how much needs to be done because because we're building so many tools from scratch yeah we're starting over in so many ways and yeah. that just takes so much time right but i even think that's like the false the premise that people would say when is x going to take over y right like facebook didn't take over aol it's a different world a different model and the next models will be evolutionary facebook will still exist in whatever it does and frankly but they're they're obviously getting really deep into blockchain stuff, but it's not, it won't be as direct as like, oh my God, that everybody is aware today something took over X. It'll be, oh, this is what's right for the world here today, right? Back to like, we work on Slack maybe as opposed to email, right? I don't email with anybody inside my office anymore. I Slack with them, I email with external folks. Like that's like a, it just happened one day, but nobody said like, today's the day, right? And so, um, I expect Facebook will still be here doing a lot of stuff. I expect Steam will own a different part of the universe that will be massive, right? Contents, I mean, a massive area of the space. It'll be done very differently than how people did content before. Um, so I, I like that super exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we even just used 
RocksDB, a, a database technology developed by Facebook mm. to move our blockchain from RAM mm. to SSDs yeah. to cut the cost of running Steam nodes to a fraction. Yeah. And it's like, well, we needed Facebook for that. Like, and we're happy for it. And some people yeah. actually are like, oh, I can't believe we're using Facebook technology. It's like, it's open source. That's right. It's we'll just say thank you. Yes. You right. know, we're offering something different. Yes. And people always ask me now, well, now that Facebook is going into crypto, now that Facebook is going into blockchain, are you worried? And it's like, first of all, we can't onboard 1% of their users. Right. No blockchain could. Yeah. And yeah. We're, I, I think we're best suited. I mean, we're absorbing the most traffic. We have the most like daily active users transacting and it's still a fraction. Yeah. And if they were all, all to flood over immediately, everything would get on fire and we'd have to stop actually innovating because we've got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline that we want to roll out. And it's got to be a measured process where you onboard people gradually. Like signing on to a blockchain is a nightmare. Yeah, still, and, still work. Yeah. So even if 10 million people wanted to use the product, yeah. when they hit the sign-in process yeah. of any blockchain, yeah. they're not going to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's That's right. so many pieces. <laughs> so is there any last thing you'd like to leave people with about uh, Flipside or FCAS? Yeah. So FCAS, which I, I don't know if I said at the beginning, fundamental crypto asset score. Um, you know, I do think this industry owes it to itself to sort of move beyond the um, we're building great tech and, you know, we're decentralized or we're a foundation, we're a protocol into like, we have to, we have to become the businesses we intended to be. They can be foundations, protocols and decentralized, but they have to resonate with, with, with traditional metrics. Do I have customers, users, and are they um, behaving in a way that would indicate that that there's growth. You go into any business, like we, I look at my metrics every day, it's like how many people are using the tools? Is it going up every day? Is it moving this way? If that isn't happening, you, you're not, there's, there's nothing to do. And so um, I think I just leave people with like the idea of becoming, I, when I say business and crypto, people get like freaky. That's not a negative thing. That's okay. It doesn't mean you can't be everything else. It means Let's let's get this thing real. Like let's extend who we are into these things are like working to change the world and and like so I, I think I just leave people like it's good. Like let's all become businesses and it's okay and let's let's grow, right? Like that's that's the only way we're gonna be here in the long run. I think a lot of projects in this space know that they have strengths in certain areas, usually technical. Yes technical strengths and weaknesses in others. And usually that's in building businesses because a lot of the people in this industry wanted to start over, wanted to build businesses from a totally different foundation. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that you're helping them learn how to do that, I think is really valuable. We've looked at our dashboard and I found the insights to be super valuable. There were some metrics that weren't included because we weren't synced, uh, yeah. uh, we weren't patched into your, to your protocol, but it's been a real pleasure working with your team. They've been extremely responsive, and we're we're. I actually believe that Steam is now feeding data into your into your system, and within the next three weeks or so, that should materialize in our ranking. Hopefully, that's right. Yes. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to bribe you or anything. You can't be bribed. It's all quantitative. It's all automated. Yeah, yeah but you you're you're providing uh, additional data and additional information about how your system works. Um, 
that feeds the system and, and will definitely influence your score and your rating so that, that it properly reflects what you're doing. I mean, that's yeah, cool. and it made sense because most crypto projects are mainly financial type products. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the only thing that was really missing was more user activity data, yes. which makes sense because we're kind of the only chain with kind of users and, and, and real yes. social products. Yes. So I really appreciate you all working with us to take in our novel data mm -hmm. and integrate it into your system. It's, yeah. it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, oh, we like working with you too. Oh, yeah. great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>